Welcome to the Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you'll be blessed by this message from Senior Pastor Marty Manuel. I'm just going to ask these guys just to gently play in the background. I want to share this morning... And um, it's just nice to have some music in the background, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it is. And um, it makes it easier for me. But I want to share today on um, three ways of God. And this may sound like a, um, a bit interesting, but bear with me because um, I want to go somewhere. Um, the three ways of God that I felt to share today, and if you're writing them down, I'll give them to you quickly so I don't forget to get to number three or something random like that because that does happen from time to time. Um, The first one is wrestle. The second one is receive. And the third one is rest. Now, I know those of you who are really good at your English, you'll know that wrestle doesn't begin with an R, and so it's not quite quite, um, three R's, but it sounds like an R, doesn't it? Wrestle, receive, and rest. These are the three ways of God that I uh, felt to explore today. And I want to uh, start in the wrestling phase because I want to end with the good one. Does that sound okay? Um, Three ways of God. Wrestle, receive, and rest. Well, most of you will probably know the story of um, Jacob wrestling with God. And um, so let's go there in Genesis 32. Genesis 32, verse 24. And it says, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh. So the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. He said, Your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven, I don't know what your version says, but mine says, striven with God and with men and prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, Please tell me your name. And he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, and he said, I've seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. And um, this is a very familiar passage to most of us, and there's a lot of analogies we could pull out of this, uh, but I just want to park that there. I want to read the three passages first and then layer it with where we want to go today. But um, So the second one I want to go to is Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, and we'll read from, um, yeah, look, we'll read from verse 1. Uh, it's, it's a long story, but I'll skip bits, okay? So just bear with me. Now Saul, still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, both men and women, 
he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and it will be told you what you must do. And I'll leave it there. This is the second way of God that I want to bring out today. And this is a receiving way of God. Now, this may be a very dramatic receiving. Not many of us have had this kind of encounter where we've been blinded personally by the Lord uh, for a few days and then cleared our blinded eyes and then released into ministry. But this is what happened to Saul. And so that's the third posture of receiving that I want to bring out. The last one is rest. And we'll go back to 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. This is where Elijah um, has just done some incredible miracles and great works of God. And then he was running from Jezebel, who was the wife of Ahab, the king at the time. And and um, he had no reason to run. He was more powerful. He had more spiritual authority. Uh, but this spirit of Jezebel was going after him, as we now know today. Uh, and we won't go into that. Um, but it's a whole nother story. But Elijah, the man of God, for some reason felt intimidated by this oppression and by this uh, lady who, who was threatening his life. And so um, he... He then did this, and it says, Now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and even more, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. As he was afraid and arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came down and sat under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take my life, for I am not, I am not better than my father's. He lay down and slept under a juniper tree, and behold, there was an angel touching him. And he said to him, Arise, eat. Then he looked, and behold, there was his, there, at his head uh, a, bread, a bread of cake baked on hot stones and a jar of hot water. Of water, I added the hot. So he ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. So we have three passages here that really set up today um, three ways of God that are very different, they're very distinct, and they are um, three ways that we could say, well, that will never happen to me. I've never had a dramatic encounter like that. God's never met me personally or spoken to me personally in this kind of way. But today, uh, the thing I think that we can bring out of this is firstly the wrestling. Jacob uh, knew that this was his moment. There had been no other moment like this in his life. This was the hour that he needed to take from God what was being poured out. We might have had many times in our lives, I know for me, there's been specific times where I've had to wrestle. If we posture ourselves in any one of these three positions permanently, so for example, if we wrestle all the time, 
or if we receive all the time or if we rest all the time, any one of those things, I think, will be a very frustrated Christian. We need to have a balanced view and a balanced understanding of there's a season for everything. There's a time for everything. There's a time to wrestle and take hold of God and say, God, it's time you blessed me. But then there's a time to receive and have times of drinking and receiving from his word and receiving from good leaders and people around us who can encourage us and lift us up. And then there's a time to take time out. Maybe we've had a a season where we've really gone for it really hard with family or ministry or uh, our job or whatever it might be. And we've realized, hang on, we, we need a season now where we just need to rest. Well, the interesting part about Elijah is when he actually did rest and he did what the Lord told him to do, Uh, eat the bread and drink the water supernaturally, he was given enough sustenance to last him for 40 days. So sometimes in that posture of rest, even though it feels like we're not doing anything or accomplishing anything, God will accomplish much more supernaturally than we could accomplish through the wrestling. And so we have to have very discerning ears to know, is this a season to wrestle with the plans of God and take hold of them? Is this a season to receive, maybe have an encounter with the Lord, maybe get in His Word and, and really receiving, receiving or, or listening to prophetic words that have been spoken over your life and get those back into you and be, begin to stand in faith again? Or maybe a season of rest where you go to Noosa and lie on the beach for a couple of weeks. I thought I'd get a much better response than that for that portion. But if you don't want free tickets, that's okay, you know. Obviously, it's not a wrestling morning, okay. (laughs) But most of us know that we can really easily frustrate ourselves if we wrestle when we're meant to be resting. Or if we rest when we're meant to be receiving. Or if we receive when we're meant to be wrestling. Or any other R word you can think of. But we can become very disjointed. We can become very scattered if we pick the season wrongly and we act in the wrong way. And therefore, if Jacob in this season decided, I'm not going to wrestle with the Lord. He's just going to... He's going to give me, I'm part of the lineage of the promise anyway, so I'm going to just rest and receive what God's given. God would have left him and he wouldn't have left him with a permanent marker and may have not had that dramatic encounter in such a way. But he knew this was a time to wrestle. And it's interesting preaching a sermon like this because with this many people, you're going to always have some who are in any one of these seasons in their life. Some of us will need to be wrestling. Some of us will need to be receiving. Some will need to be resting. And so it's hopefully it's going to be really pertinent for every one of us. But the key is to get the season right, to get the wisdom right, to get the discernment right, to get the understanding so that we know out of the Word of God, maybe out of friends, out of counsel, what season am I in? What am I trying to uh, receive right now? What, what I'm, what's my anointing for this season that I'm in? Because uh, it can be very frustrating when we're operating out of our anointing. If we're trying to be like someone else and trying to carry their anointing, it's very, very hard. It's what David knew. He could not carry the bigger armor because it was someone else's anointing. He knew he couldn't do that. And neither can you and neither can I. We need to carry our own anointing for today. Not even our own anointing for 10 years' time because we don't fit that anointing yet. 
We don't fit that wisdom yet. We may not have journeyed that far yet and been given that authority. So we can't even push ourselves ahead and, and go for that season because we're in this season. So understanding the seasons is a real key to breakthrough. And there's so many sermons on breakthrough today that realistically it should be really easy because, you know, so many sermons have breakthrough this, breakthrough that, and they're all good and we gain encouragement from them. I believe one of the greatest keys to breakthrough is self-awareness. Self-awareness. Where am I with God? Where am I with God? Not where, where is anyone else or you're doing this thing wrong or you're doing that thing. Where do I stand face to face with Jesus? Because even in Revelation, uh, it says, you know, that Jesus speaking over one of the churches actually says that, you know, you did so many things well, but you, where's your love? Where's your love? And so when we're confronted face to face with Jesus, he may ask us a very different question than we think he's going to ask us. And um, this may be the question that we need to become very, very self-aware and realize, wow, wow, what is my anointing for today? Maybe it's a learning season. Maybe it's a sponge season. I've spoken about this many times when I've especially particularly started out in business, but I do this now in ministry. I get around anyone else who's bigger and better and bolder and wiser than I am and become a sponge. I don't assume to know anything. Uh, I, I don't care whether I've achieved what they've achieved in some areas. It doesn't matter. I empty myself of my own pride and doings and I want to learn from that person. And so that way I'm empty and so I can get full of what they've got. And that's what a sponge does. It soaks in all that stuff. And I'm telling you, this is one of the great keys to getting more and becoming more. When we can learn to get around people who are doing more and seeing more and not getting an orphan spirit and saying and, and sort of criticizing them, but actually saying, wow, they're doing amazing. I want what they've got. I'm going to get around them, empty myself, and I'm going to get a little bit of that. And I know for me, in any area of my life, I will do that with people so that I can learn from them. And for me, that's, that's a continual season. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 3 says this, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under heaven. And this is a, a verse that really summarizes everything that I'm saying this morning. And that is that when we listen to the Lord's voice of what season are you in? Are you in a wrestling season? Are you in a season that you need to go after the Lord? I know for me that Karen and I, we've spent many seasons in those wrestling seasons of fasting and praying and, and having extended times of really going after things of the Lord. But if, if we stay in that posture and that posture alone and we forget that there's a season of rest, we forget there's a season to receive then we become quite agitated, frustrated people because all we're doing is trying to wrestle with the angel, so to speak, all the time, forgetting that even Jacob only did that for a certain amount of time. And then he went on his way with his family and took them further into God's promises. Sometimes the wrestling will only be for a season. We're not meant to live as frustrated believers. Wrestling all the time with this, wrestling over where's my call or wrestling over all of this stuff. Sometimes there's a season of just letting it go and saying, all right, Lord, I've wrestled long enough. I've wrestled long enough. Now is a time to receive. And Saul didn't know this receiving time was coming. He was on his way to persecute. And um, 
Of course, God got him. He encountered him. And this is a very dramatic example, I know. But it's an example of when God wants to meet us, he will. He will meet with us. Sovereignly, God will do something radical sometimes to come and meet with us. And then we have a time where, okay, Saul didn't need to wrestle for that. God just hit him with it. And it was a time of Saul receiving. He blinded him for a number of days so that he was unable to see in the natural, unable to fight, unable to be proud. It was a humbling time for him. The receiving time can be a humbling time. And like I said, for me, this is what I try to do when we're around people who are uh, much wiser and, and in the Lord, they really uh, are strong and are people that we look up to, then we do the same thing. We humble ourselves and we sit under them and we say, okay, what, what's God showing them about this particular thing? We ask them questions. It's always a good thing to do. Ask questions. Ask questions. If that's the only thing you remember today, it's a really good thing to remember. Ask questions. Because questions aren't accusations. Questions will find out the answer without putting any weight on anyone. Questions will draw out wisdom that we wouldn't otherwise find out. And questions will draw out that gold. And then we have rest. Elijah had um, obviously had a season of dramatic encounters, dramatic miracles. Uh, God sovereignly had anointed him. And uh, I mean, you know, there's probably not so many dramatic examples of this kind of power, raw power of God being released as in Elijah's life. And then he flees, he flees under this weight of intimidation, intimidation. Watch out for intimidation. If you ever feel intimidated, watch out. Ask the questions, why do I feel intimidated right now? Why am I intimidated? Is it something I'm doing? Or is it the people I'm hanging around? Is it something that that person's speaking over me? Because it's not a right spirit. Remember last week, I think it was, I spoke about a right spirit. Keeping a right spirit means we, we posture ourselves in atmospheres where other people have a right spirit as well. And so if there's intimidation or accusation or fear or any baggage, we get out of there as quick as anything. Do what Elijah did. <laughs> Just get out of there. I think he could have easily taken that thing down and, and God would have backed him and protected him. But at that time, he felt he needed rest. So he went out. He got supernaturally fed. He got supernaturally charged up again. And sometimes this is the season we need to recognize. And recognizing the seasons is the key. Don't try and copy anyone else in what they're trying to do. I, in, in particularly in business, I had to learn this, that it wasn't okay for me to try and take an idea from someone else. Of course we can learn, but I, I mean when it's, a, when it's not my anointing. Take something that's not my anointing and try and make it mine, and then, then it becomes this frustrated little wobbly wheel in, in, in ministry or in your life or for me in business. And, and in particular, it's an area that will be difficult to let go because we fought to get it in the first place. And we need to learn to let those things go that we've fought for that weren't our anointing in the first place. And so when God reveals himself, when we spend time with him, when we learn, what are you saying to me, Lord? What is the season of my life today? What is that season for me? Then we can recognize 
the anointing of the day because there's different anointings for different seasons, for different journeys. There's family anointing, there's business anointing, then there's taking ground, there's prayer, intercession, prophesying. There's all these different things. But understanding them and learning them and becoming wise to stand rightly in those things will give us authority in that situation. I want us to stand this morning. Why don't you just close your eyes and lift your hands? I just want to pray generally over us this morning for some specific things that God showed me to just pray and release over us as a church family today. And um, so this is a time of receiving, right? (laughs) But you can rest too. Lord, we thank you that you are such a good heavenly father. And you want to bless us. You want to bring about the best. You want to release more. You want to release your anointing. You want to bring wisdom. Lord, I thank you for every challenge and trial that you've even brought about. That through that, Lord, you are bringing about your fullness. You are bringing about your goodness. You are bringing more. You are bringing a higher ground. And Lord, I pray today that you would release wisdom to us to know what season am I in? What season am I in? Give us wisdom to understand how to walk, how to talk, how to operate in that particular anointing. Lord, I pray for those of us who need to wrestle. You'll give us strength. You'll give us purpose. You'll give us direction. Those of us who need to receive, Lord, you'll give us an atmosphere of peace that you'll give us an open heart to receive everything that you have. And Lord, those who need rest, Lord, we pray for free tickets to Noosa. (laughs) Holy Spirit, we pray today that you would fill us with your presence. Lord, we pray that you would release more of the kingdom of heaven in and through us today in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.